Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cantina MX Football Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Jaime Landeros. Tonight is a special night. We have a full panel and a special guest. We're going to be talking about Liga MX Femenil. Uh, maybe talk about the Proolimpico results and some of the Mexico friendlies that had just happened and are upcoming. Let's waste no time. All right, that's enough, TJ. We have Carlos Justis joining, joining us tonight. Thank you for hopping on our show. How you doing, man? I'm good. I, I feel really official, like, Siente Tu Liga with the anthem of Liga Mekis, like, to, to come in. It's like, <laughs> you're walking into the field. I was like, oh, that's, that's good memories. It's the, it's the closest, you know, it's the closest authenticity we can get for now. <laughs> um, and then joining us tonight, we got the Joel, Beto, and, and Ronaldo. How are we doing, gentlemen? Yes, full house. So I'm doing good. Yeah. Regarding that theme, Carlos, we were trying to get the. Uh, have you ever heard the uh, the guy that does the sad flute, like from yes. the Titanic? Yes. We yes, were yes. trying to get him to do the Maliga MX uh, <laughs> theme, but with that sad flute type of. No luck. We could never. We, we couldn't. Uh, we couldn't get him. He was too expensive for us. I, I was going to say, he became really popular. I, I mean, once you, once you get into that kind of money, you, you know, you, 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 don't, you, don't look at the, you don't look at the peasants. <laughs> yeah, we're still, we're still peasants here. We can't afford that sound quality that he provides. <laughs> <laughs> True art. That's awesome, guys. So the big topic for tonight is uh, Liga Mekis Femenil. Um yeah, it seems like uh, Beto and, and Ronaldo and, and Joel all had some opinions on that. Um, and let me, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah let, me, let me give my, because uh, I got a simplistic view. Ronnie might have like more in-depth stuff. And then Carlos, of course, has the, the Carlos is where, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in getting the, the insight. So like the, uh, so I guess Carlos, the, the whole, I think the whole discussion we were having was, like in my in my eyes is like the business aspect of I guess some people were saying that you know the the, the feminine gets certain things or does not get certain things certain luxuries that the men do and and not necessarily like league MX but like in general like worldwide women's soccer um, like I guess you know the airfare to travel all the accommodations and all this stuff. Um, so then, so like in the business aspect, I look at what the income is and what the revenue the women are bringing. And, you know, if it's a business that you're trying to invest in for future gains, then that's one thing. But if it's, you know, something that's not bringing in enough revenue, then you're sort of going in the red. And that's when I was, you know, the, uh, Eugene Rupinski brought, uh, wrote an article and he deleted it for some reason, I think because it sort of brings a negative light on the financial aspect, the business aspect. Um, he interviewed uh, Lord Fuentes from Santos. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And she was saying that, like, uh, one thing that was interesting she said was that, um, and this was in 2019, so it, things probably changed, uh, that to, that, you know, they had the 300 capacity training stadium which is, wasn't enough because they were getting 900 people per match, so they had to use the big stadium at, uh, 
you know, in Puerto Rico. Uh, so with 900 people at 20 pesos per ticket, they were getting 18,000 18, pesos. Um, but the lights cost 80,000 per hour. So you're already in the red. So that's like the argument here is Liga MX or maybe other clubs on the feminine side are having to invest. They're having to use money, not from the revenue from the women's side, but from maybe the men's or whatever else. Sponsors, of course, help and other types of things help out. So I just see it as a struggle. Um, in my view, when you watch sports, you want to see sports at the highest level. And so that's why you don't really watch like U16 or, or you watch like the people that do it at the very highest level. And that's hard for, uh, in my view, in the, the, the women's side. You want to see, like, I mean, you watch Mexico because you're from Mexico or you watch the U.S. because you're from the U.S. Um, but the World Cup stage, the World Cup final, that's like the, the epitome. So that's sort of like, the, like my, my take from, from where things stand. And, you know, the WNBA has been around for a while, um, you know, struggle. I don't know that much things are going to change. I mean, there'll be some, some improvement, but I don't think it's going to blow up, you know? Yeah, and but I don't the, even know if it's going to be a, a profitable business. That, but that's, that's not how it works, because if you really think about it, I don't know, do you, any of you guys ever own a business? And again, we're, we're, we're being... We're, we're being like completely honest like if, yeah, if you run a yeah. business when you start the when you start your business you're never at a profit unless yeah. you like discover las tostadas con frijoles like exactly. there's very few, there's very few things that just cash in they don't you invest in it and, and it, it takes time to invest in it so when you have a business and the the quickest example that i could think of is like you buy a food truck and you put that food truck where people don't see it and you just have a food truck and then people don't come and you say, oh, listen, the business is not working. Then it's like, wait, but you're in an alley where nobody knows you're there. Yeah. Okay. Have you invested in promotion? No. Have you invested in, do, do, there's a commercial out there. Have you invested in your social media? Have you invested in these things? No. And you're going to shut down the business because it's not working. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm in the red. It's like, of course you're in the red because you're not, putting you're not making it visible because in this case you're 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 having an entertainment um revenue stream this is entertainment yeah. this is a pro this is not necessarily a product it's more like a service and in this case you're not putting light there's enough light on it to even make it popular and even then you also have to think about it when you there's the comparison is not fair because if you really think about it and and this again this are Soccer, soccer, soccer teams, and that's why the WNBA and whatever this is a whole that's a different conversation. I actually don't have the numbers to 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 see it, but in soccer, in soccer, Barcelona is a is a team that has been existing for over a hundred years. A hundred years that they received investment from their investors. They had a ton of revenue from from the sponsors. They had some of the best players in the world. They've been able to afford some of the best players in the world, and even then. In 2020, they came in red numbers. And in 2019, they brought in $950 million. And of those $950 million, only $10 million were in profit. So we're talking about that the best team in the world is not profitable. Because when you compare that to Walmart, who makes $325 million in three hours, Barcelona is not profitable. So that's yeah. the first thing. Yeah, and I guess then, hold on. Well, yeah, go ahead. Sure. 
So then that, that's, the first, that's the first step. That's the business. Soccer as a business, soccer, it's not a good business. Most of the teams function. They do make some money. They manage a lot of cash flow, but they don't actually make money. That's not a thing. Usually the owners, which what happens with PSG and what happens with Manchester City is that these people have so much disposable income that they just pour it in there. And even if they make little money, it doesn't matter because that's, an, that's a way to move their money. So that's the first thing in, the, in terms of economics of how soccer teams work. Having said that, a lot of the professional leagues in soccer, and let's, let's focus on, on Mexico. Mexico has been a professional league since 1943. So that tells you that it's over 70, 70 years that they've been able, able to receive and move income. And at some point, it might work, it might, not, might don't work. And in the last three, four years, they've actually been losing eyeballs, a lot of them. For, 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 what the, for what the league is and for the amount of, of, of importance it has in Mexico, it has losing way too many eyeballs. On the other side, women's soccer is not a thing because women's soccer, just as a World Cup, the first World Cup in the men's was played in 1930. The first World Cup for the women's was played in 1991. And until 1991, there was actually laws in Germany, in England, where women were not allowed to play soccer because they were women. So you're already you're already you're already not at the same level like playing field. It's like saying like oh I sell I sell burgers out of a cart and McDonald's wants to shut me down and it's like but that's a multinational I'm just like a small investor. So that's the first thing on the on the playing field and second, once you already have that and the league's just starting the Mex the Mexican league the Liga Femenil has been has been just in place for four years compared to the seven years that it's been on the on the men's side. And even then, yes, they don't have huge follow. They not, that's actually not correct. It's not that they make huge numbers in attendance or they make huge numbers in the, in how many eyeballs they get on television, but they've been able to sustain some growth in the past, in the, in these four years, they've been able to grow, you know, not exponentially, but little by little. So what does that tell you as a business, if you have something that is growing by 2%, 3%, you're actually making some of it. So you don't invest in it if you don't put the eyeballs out there, if you're not going to make it be on television, if you're not going to put some uh, advertising behind it, if you're going to make people know their stories and be connected to these people, then you can't say that it's not working. Unless you put all those things behind it and then on that sustained movement of three, four years, it stops and it stays and people don't watch it and don't consume it at all, then you can say it's a failure. And then you can say, well, you know what? It's not even because you're not cashing in the same. And that's where that's where we're at. The other thing is, by FIFA rules, if you want to have the 2026 World Cup, you need it to have a professional league. If you're going to call it a professional league, you have to make it sustainable even for the players. Because what's happening here is that by not making... And again, nobody's saying that they have to make the same money as Guignac. Like, Katy Martinez doesn't have to make the same money as Guignac. Nobody's asking for that. And Tigres, actually, the players get paid... Well, they, they get paid what you know a, a very significant amount of money for 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 what what it is because obviously Tigres has a lot more disposable income and and it comes from FEMSA, it comes from Sinergia Deportiva. Then you have Monterrey with Cemex. Obviously, Televisa is behind America, so you see these teams that they actually have more money, and it makes sense because the company, the big parent company behind the team, makes a lot of money, so it helps out. And nobody's asking for that. They just need to have if 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 you put the league together. And I will be okay if they said, like, if, for example, if Juarez said, I can't sustain this because I can't even sustain the men's and they don't have Juarez, that's fine. But then if you have the 10, 12 teams that can afford it, 
they have and, and you made that that compromise you have to make it a livable wage because what you're doing is that when you have players like uh like Katy Martinez like Allison that they're all getting recognition and this is money that you can sell because you can sell it to Liverpool you can sell it to Olympique Lyon like those are those are movements that are already happening and they're actually bringing money in so if you have an Allison Gonzalez that it's 20 years old and you can sell it to Europe that's where you're going to start making the money but if you don't invest a little bit in it and make it that you don't lose those players because those are your assets. You don't want to lose your assets. You want them to stay as professional players. And then the improvement will come little by little. But if you just don't pay them and don't let them live out of that, then eventually you're the one making it dissolve. Yeah, I would just say, like, I mean, there's, like, I'm trying to think of a comparison. And, um, like, you bring up the burgers. Um, I think it's a little bit different. It's more, I think it's more like uh, if you want to watch cars or if you want to buy a car and you want to buy or what car would you rather have like a ferrari or you know like a toyota sort of that type of thing and i don't mean this like everything i'm saying i don't mean it to be um insulting or anything but is it um, but it's the same case with why you watch mexican league if you're watching the champions league mm. yeah exactly like and, and this sort of goes to like what you were saying about in mexico i think you said in mexico eyes are going off league mx and i think that's because well this is sort of going off a different is topic. it though like well look, well look 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 at it's because it, of this. it is like, I, it is I wanna I wanna watch the best the top leagues if, with globalization and the internet mm. I can see European leagues I can see Ronaldo and all the best play but my love for Mexico I'm from Mexico I'm gonna watch you know Liga MX as well because that's you know that's where I'm from or or whatever a lot of people in Mexico you now see instead of a, an America or Chivas jersey they have Real Madrid they have Juventus they have all these they have a half Mazatlan and half you know, Chivas they, jersey they even, they even wear the they even wear the German national team and they're all like speaking German and stuff down and I'm just kidding but you know that's that's uh pura sangre so that, that's, de Alemania that's, that's one thing so like if, if you're gonna invest in the business and and you, you sort of have to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, if I can expose it, if I can make it the best, I'm still going up against higher quality products and there's nothing I can do to, to, to stop that. And I guess you, you counter that well because you're saying that they don't want equal pay. Um, you know, you don't want to make the same as a Gignac and the top players. I get that. But then I hear Megan Rapino say, you know, we've won four titles you know, something Chiki, that the U.S. has. Chiki, has it. You're, that's you're like over the place, man. Let me, let me, that's the big, let me stick because no. let, let, let me finish this one last point, though. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go all over the place because I'm trying you to... You already the point. did. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yes. Yeah. So let me just finish this one point then to finalize it all. So, so Rapino says, you know, like sticking it to the man, like I've got four titles, you have zero. And that's like the, the biggest false equivalency ever, though. Um, so, so basically the point is that, yeah, it is a business and you need to do your best to expose it. If the league MX teams do like quite or whatever, like you're saying, then, then great. They can do it and it could be profitable. They can sell players. Um, but it's not going to be like the biggest hits ever. And it could, you know, not well, you don't know, you don't, you don't know that. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's like saying, okay, that's, why doesn't... That's the same what, thing they told Steve Jobs when he decided to make a computer in an iPhone. No, that's, that's different, though. That's different. Because no. a computer is the equivalent... His computer is the equivalent of yeah, the Apple now. computer. But in 1980, when that was not existent, and he said, I'm going to do this, they told him it's crazy, no. it's never going to work. No, yeah. but the Apple computer is... that. Okay, You're looking at it in retrospect. It's really talking, easy to... Li- it's, no, not... 
in, in journalism, we call it, you have the morning paper. When you have the morning paper, it's really easy to see. The, and, and we're going to talk about it right now when, when, when the Paralympico is sitting. Right now, we can sit down and say all the things that the U.S. may be wrong and why they're not in the Olympics. It's really easy to do that. But to say, how am I going to improve this Olympic team to make it to the next round? And you were in charge of that. The decisions you make, I can't judge them. Because I can only judge them when I see the final product. I cannot see it in, I can, I cannot see it in hindsight. Fair enough. I have, that's to go, I have to go back to the comparison of the cars. Like a, a, a Toyota <laughs> is never going to compete with a Ferrari. No matter how much you promote the Toyota, no matter, no matter how much you talk but again, about it. That, that's not a, that's not an equivalent either. Just that what you're saying, because the, the 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 as a consumer brand, Toyota sells a lot more than Ferraris. <laughs> a lot well, the, more. The, okay. the, the difference is they're reaching a di they're different uh, t different markets and targets that they're trying to reach. So it's not it's not really it's not really an equivalency. But now, if if, if I may here, it's a good thing you brought up that the league, the Mexican league, the the the, the has been around since '43, uh, and in those since '43 to now. You have a men's first division that has never been, quote unquote, fully autonomous. And to date, we don't have 18 fully independent owners. When you go to the lower leagues, you've never had an independent lower division second. Uh, Ron, you cut off there, buddy. <laughs> It's getting good. <laughs> well, he. I, I will say back. it's not. I don't think it's about like trying to compete. You know, Ferrari or I think they're just trying to be in the same it's space. They, they just want to yeah, be in the same parking lot and and just exist together. Uh, my biggest thing with Liga Emekis Femenil is I understand that it's it's right now it's in development. You know, just like the Liga Expansion, we're just trying to get like the foundation and have them you know sustainable over a long course of time. I understand it's going to take a long time. I would say one thing uh, just to raise awareness about the league is uh, having these games on mm -hmm. right before the men's games. I think that would help out. There's a lot of people that are looking forward yeah, to like watching a, a Chivas America game. And why not put the, the Femenil right right before the, you know, like in boxing, the undercard, like in a yeah, concert, and, you have openers. And you're, and you're, and you're going to and you're gonna put it in time slots that people are actually watching. Yeah. Again, it's really unfortunate. Nobody watches this. It's at nine in the morning. Who's gonna watch a game at nine in the morning? Nobody watches the game yeah. at nine in the morning. Yeah. Unless it's like, like you know, yeah. World Cup and it's in Japan and you know you're watching. But everything stops, and that's the reason yeah. why the World Cups are always in the summer. Yeah. There, well, everything, that. everything that is done for that, and even that, they don't put the game at nine in the morning. You just happen to catch it at nine in the morning because in Japan, yeah, it's ten o'clock at night. Exactly. So that's what? that's where that's that's part of giving visibility and, and making it and making it happen and and it's and there's no excuses for those things because what you're saying is like that i think that's a great like nobody will say that that's actually bad for the game nobody will say like oh because they're undermining it no if you're giving it visibility you're giving it visibility but if you're not giving it the visibility and then say well they don't they don't yeah. make income is, is what i'm telling you yeah that's having your cart parked in the middle of an all alleyway and say why am i not vending, selling tacos like because nobody sees you yeah. <laughs> obviously you're not gonna sell anything my my only my one take on this has been on because I've seen the criticism uh, of sort of like what's in Monterrey they won and they gave them iPads and they felt that was just like beneath or or that wasn't a good a good you know price 
And the whole, there was someone complaining about how they would have to travel on bus. And so, I mean, we're seeing that it costs money, that they're losing money. And if you want to give even more accommodations, that means uh, the teams will lose even more. But you know, that so happens That happens to you with the U15s, the U17s, and the U20s. Um, a, lot of, a lot of these players, and that's some, somebody who actually decided to insult me after, and that's technically when I <laughs> stopped having these arguments, is that no, no, most of these kids don't make it. I was part of that yeah. pipeline. I know I'm not a professional soccer player, and I know Cruz Azul invested a lot of money in me for, to fly me in concentrations and send me in hotels for tournaments. And I'm not a professional soccer player. So that's why I know mm. that a lot of U15s, U17s, U20s don't make it. From the time I was in Cruz Azul till the first player that I saw come out of their cantera, we were at least 10 or 20 generations of players. That's at least 500 players that didn't make it. And they still invested in them. So investing just on one more team or like cutting corners and trying to strike a deal so the U20s and the women could get cheaper airfare and the airfare helping out is not that hard. So, because at the okay, end so, yeah, you're saying the money is there then. They're just being a bit too yes, cheap. Because that's the, it, when you think about it, and again, you cut you cut on on things that you don't need. How many times yeah. have we complained in the Liga MX that we get these big contracts of players that come from South America that don't make it? Why you have to pay so much money to that extra player from South America? Bring a kid from the U twenty, make it a project, see if that works out. One of your best ones. You don't have to pay him the same amount of money, and with that, you pay two of the women's players. You mm. already have three players that have the potential to be better than making making that that sell from the player from South America. Because a, mm. a lot of these investments sometimes don't work out. Yeah. We also, we're also in the, on Mexico. I understand that the cut, because again, this is where the business gets dirty, but that's where it's like, there's no excuse. If the business gets dirty and you're getting a cut from that, from that player that you're bringing, that's on you, but that's because you're getting the cut. But don't tell me that you can't do it because there is yeah. ways to cut on things that are not necessary. And I see the way you're point putting it. I think to me that's the better, the better way to go, yeah. uh, to explain it because kind of the way I've seen it, just from other people, it it almost seems like, um, you know, it, it almost seems like they're complaining and they're already getting, you know, it's like the team's already losing money, like Chiki's said with the with the Santos with the light bill, and so. I understand for some teams that they're gonna try to lose as as you know as less as, as less as they can, uh, but but if you're saying the money's there and then they just it's gonna take some maneuvering, I think seeing it from that point of view it makes more sense than sort and of like oh we just got iPads. Because where where Ronaldo where Ronaldo was going is that when you see a second division, a third division, and in the Liga de the old Liga de Ascenso, and they were not profitable, and these guys were not getting paid, it's like, well, yes, they were not getting paid, but their salaries still allowed them to live as long as that team functioned. So that that's a different problem. That's a problem of, of how you how you manage it. But even then, and this is again, I have friends. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you their names, but that were playing Liga de Ascenso that were making more money that they would have made when they were playing for Pumas. So when you have a Liga de Ascenso team that for whatever reason the owner decides to bring these bills and pay that kind of money and then he is not sustainable, which a lot of, you know, we know that in Liga de Ascenso there was a lot of money that was, you know, 
doubtful where it came from. Those are completely different problems, and I understand them. But you can say that when you have the established teams on 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 the bigger scale of of the of the Liga MX, that there's way for them to manage around their finances, which they've done. That's why they've been able to exist for seventy years. There's a way to you know, again, I'm I'm not saying go all in and make it and make it luxury brands, but it's like there's you shouldn't have to travel on a bus. You should be able to stay overnight, so then you have a better product. Because if I had players that are tired, players that never recover, of course my product is not good. Can you imagine Manchester City having to play like that if they didn't have a cryogenic chamber and having to go on one of those altitude things to recover? Of course not. They can't function at that level. If they have, if Manchester City or Manchester United, of any teams in the European on, in, on on the Premier League were in the same place as Juarez, they wouldn't even exist. They will be in the fourth, five, fifth division. So that's why there's ways around it. There's there's ways to invest in it, make it sustainable, and just little by little make it grow. Again, if in 10, 15 years you did it and it doesn't work, then that's fine. The experiment was there. You did everything you were supposed to do, and then it didn't work out. But until you don't get to that point, you can't have that argument. Yeah, I agree there should be some increased investment in the women's game. Um, I, I don't know, like, their whole numbers. If I was, like, a business owner and I had all that, you know, I probably would, you know, see a way to invest for future the only the only issue i have with like the investment in like the you the men or the young men like u16s or whatever is that they have the potential of being of of growing into stars and being sold for huge money so it's like you're investing in something that you know is going to be big and that could be big in the future whereas on the women's side there's just not that there's not that evidence yet there's not that um you know end result that has been seen where I, you know, in Europe they just barely started, um, you know, their their club teams and stuff like that. If you could sell, uh, you know, Liga MX women to Europe, and all of a sudden they're banking and you know the, the transfer fee and all that, then that'd be great. But I don't know if that really. Um, just think. Really just think there. about it. In when when you see uh, talking about visibility now, social media is a big part of it. In the past four years, for instance, since it started, there's been a constant growth of like over 4.6 million followers. For Liga MX. Now there's 33.5 million people who follow Liga MX Femenil. So to have four million, just think about how much, again, this is, there's some numbers when you watch games, and I'm talking games in the Premier League, for example, because a lot of it's like, oh, we'll watch the best of the best. Yes. But when I invest as a company to put the Premier League, I have to put Bournemouth Norwich there. And some of these numbers of Bournemouth Norwich, are not equivalent to even an Liga Femenil. Liga Femenil does better. So there is potential. There is visibility. There's there's the wants for the product. And again, might be very niche and, and it's starting to be niche, but you can it's on it's on you to po- to make it the potential to make it bigger. And the same happens with the with the sponsors. A lot of the sponsors, and you saw it nationwide, you signed with the NWSL and Budweiser signed with the NWSL. That happened here in the US. It's being a it's being a big fight. And Megan Rapinoe stepping up and saying the things that they say <laughs> for that to happen, which is why she says it. You think she's exaggerating her, you know, her statements just to get get it out there? Yes. Because that... What happens is I I actually got to sit down and talk to Megan for half an hour during the, during the semifinal before the, sem- the after the semifinal of the Women's World Cup. I had a one on one interview with her. Oh, in yeah. general, in general, the women soccer players in the U.S. are way more intelligent than your average athlete because a lot of them went to college. 
Some of them went to very good colleges and they actually studied <laughs> because they know at some point they might not be able to live out of it. So they actually invest in, in, in their own and, and, and understand things and understand how the world works. So what happens is she's raising her voice. She's telling this because it's, it's a simplistic idea of how we see it, right? Why in a, if in a year, it's a very specific, very specific example. But if in 2019, I was able to bring more money than the Hello? MESH program. There you are. Okay, sorry guys, I, I, technical difficulties. At what time? Uh, I said I got cut off. So uh, where did I get cut off? Wait, let's let's just let Eustace finish. Let Carlos finish uh, his, uh, then, his thought. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll we'll throw you back in after that. So 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 what happens is you have. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> made more money. They made more money. Oh, in it was a very it was a very specific example that after the the U.S. men's national team does not qualify to the men's World Cup. That year, the women's national team made more money than they did. It's a very specific example, but it happened. Wow. So then, so then they're like, huh, if we're selling more jerseys than they do, if they're not going to the World Cup and all their sponsors are not going to the World Cup and they lost those sponsors because of how they did it, wouldn't it make sense that we should get paid more? And that's the main, that's mm. the main, that's the main hold of it. Then if you actually read their depositions, which I invite you to read them, there's a whole deposition. Uh, it, it's now their public uh, uh, records, and you can actually look them up on, on the trial they had for for uh, equal pay. They actually had to fire the lawyers from the U.S. Soccer Federation, and Carlos wow. Cordero lost his job because a lot of the comments they were saying is like, but isn't it, that, isn't it true that you're less talented than a men's player? So that's what they were trying to get you, and that's why they got him. They made so many sexist comments that they're like, see how that's still there? This is not about the numbers. This is because they're saying those things. They change the they change the lawyer group completely. Somebody else comes in, and then obviously from their demands, the, the judge said, Well, we can't pay you equally because if you would look at it on the big blah 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 blah. But you're absolutely right. You're an elite team. You're the best team in the world, and you do not receive the same compensation. Three no, not the compensation. You don't have the same amount of doctors. You don't have the same travel. How is that? That that should not be. Mm. That should not be. I am not going to tell you that you have to make bring in the same money because at the end of the day, the men's World Cup makes more money. And if the men's World Cup, if the men's team would have made it, they would have brought a lot more cash. But you should have the same conditions because you actually deliver. So let, I'm going to give you that. And that was the first step. And then what they're saying, they just keep pushing it because now what they're now what they're doing is that. Megan makes a lot of money because she's been able to secure deals with Nike and be sponsored for other things. And, and her, her her wife just shot three uh, CarMax commercials. They do the money. They make the money. But it's like we have the star power. And I don't want the girls behind me, a girl that is six, seven years old, that dreams to be a professional soccer player to get to a point where she's not Megan Rapino, She's not Alex Morgan. She's just a soccer player. And she can't live of it. I want her to live of it, and that's what they're fighting for. Yeah, um, and and hopefully that young girl will, you know, be a quality player and at least like a starter in a team to be able to earn that that living. But yeah, definitely like you would, see would MLS live, players. Live off of it. I'm sorry, Chiquis, live off of it from being in the national team because they've had a league, a women's league. Like this is maybe like the third or fourth. And and they folded, but they seem to have problems bringing in people. And so I think 
until this one, the NWSL has been working pretty well. That's why they keep spending. And it's also because as the world has changed, there's a lot more women and people of color and, and, and investors that are not your typical investors. And they've been able to sustain that because now they don't see it as just a toy. It's like, I'm actually going to try to invest in, in this thing and make it a thing. And yeah. the ratings the ratings that the NWSL had with their Challenge Cup last year was the best, was the first step of showing, listen, when you put us and there's nothing around us, people consume it. So that means that we have visibility. People like it. Mm. Yeah, it's like MLS. Like, it, but MLS it's really to too it. early to tell. It's really too early to tell about the, you know, the the, the 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 new league, because I mean, the one that folded recently was what fold. It folded what in 2017, 2018, and then obviously women's soccer got a little bit more excitement, you know, with the with the last World Cup. So I mean, but that's always been the problem with with the World Cup, the women's or, or the women's soccer in, in the U.S. that they try to piggy, you know, back off off their success of their of their Olympics and their World Cups. And I mean, and part of people that, you know, people that attend those events, it's part sporting, but it's also part social. But really what, you know, what really determines the success of the league is, is not, is not how, how many people will go pack up, you know, pack in, you know, AT&T stadium in a world cup. It's, it's really those, those, you know, you know, mid season games, you know, on sun on Thursdays, on, on Wednesdays. I mean, will people still, you know, you know, go watch them play. And I'm still skeptical that it's that. Uh, can you guys still hear me? I could hear yeah, you. we can hear you. All right. All right. All right. So, so I mean, that's that's. Um, I, I'm still I'm still skeptical. I mean, I, I mean, it ho- I hope you know they, they're able to make it. But like I said, I'm still I'm still skeptical about that. But uh, sorry, sorry, my phone got cut off uh, earlier. What? Uh, where did I get cut off? What was the last thing? You were talking um, about why. I mean, I kind of touched on the fact that you were saying that a second division, a third division, and and, and didn't work. And I, I kind of in in Mexico and why those folded. And I kind of, yeah. I mean, you weren't there, but I I explained why it's yes that did happen, but how there's a way around it and why that specific case in Mexico happens. Yeah, but and and but the thing is, there is really no way around it because we've never had Mexico. The, the lower division has never had a fully autonomous where you know the 18 or 16 or 20 owners. Are are you know not being subsidized by by the first division? So, you know, where 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 I had the you know, I, I guess my contention with with, with Eugene and, and a couple other people was like, well, it's it's equal pay, demand equal pay. Well, equal pay, nobody has it, and nobody has ever gotten it in in, in Mexico. So well, that's what we, know, that's what can't. that's what we've been saying. There's a the the term equal pay, and again, this is people take it literal. What equal pay means. And again, it's like equal pay for equal work. It's a structure. That you can, I, I get it. There's a structure. That you can you can leave you can leave of it. That's all it means. You know, it, should, it shouldn't be if you paint walls and I paint walls, you can actually leave of it and I can't. That's what it means. But then, but I, I, I get I get that, but that still doesn't even exist for the men. You know, so you, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't say equality when even not even the men don't get it. I've never, I've you never know? seen a, I've never seen a player on the ascenso, because again, third division in Mexico is a stretch. But I've never seen a player in ascenso that cannot lift off it. Whether the and, whether the structure in the club is really horrible and they have their issues and whatever, that's a different story. But the fact that their salaries don't allow them to live, that's not true. Every ascenso player that I've known, and I know a lot of them was able to live of it. Well, fine, team, without problems. He could focus on soccer. Whether the team folded and whatever, because the guy took too much on him, that's a different story. But he offered them salaries that were well worth it. 
And I was just telling them that I have a lot of examples, which again, I can tell you the names, but there were some players that were playing in Merida or that are playing Lobos WAP that were making triple or double what a Pumas player does. I'm offended by that uh, to my, my, my dear Puma. <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. I grew up a Pumas fan, so I know the institution very well. That's I, why I, I use them as examples. I, I, I understand you, know, you may have, you know, anecdotal instances and stuff like that. But like, just for example, or, you know, uh, Gulia Peña last year. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll provide the, uh, the, the link last year. He said that, you know, he was making the equivalent of, uh, basically almost a hundred thousand dollars, um, per month. And what a Liga de Expansión team was offering him was the equivalent of about twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. And did he, did he tell you how much he was making in Liga de Expansión when he was playing for Correcaminos? No, um, no, he he didn't. But 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 what he said was, you know, twelve hundred dollars. Now in Mexico, it's okay, you know, but that's a Gulet Peña. That's a guy that had a World Cup under under his belt. Now I, I've you know I, you know I've, I've I've read plenty of articles where players. You know, in the in the lower division, second division, you know, when it was, you know, Primera A and, and, and stuff like that, where, you know, they had to have, you know, second jobs. And obviously, when you start getting to the third and fourth division, I mean, they're a lot younger and stuff like that. But, you know, it's 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 a struggle, you know, and, you know, and I, I guess, you know, youth youth development and you and scouting in Mexico and you, I mean you said you were part of that you know pipeline you should know this 20 years ago it was it was bad it's you know it was it, it was it was not you know and uh you know for example like Hoeli you know Hoel and, and I, I you know we used to talk about how how bad it was in Mexico you know 20 years ago and and like you said we were always we'd always talk about you know it's pretty pathetic that you know Mexico doesn't have like the equivalent of the March Madness or the Little League World Cup for for soccer to you know to 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 try to get more interest in, into the game, and you know I remember back then when you know Joel and I were talking about this uh, the Femex Food tried the Liga Universitaria I don't know if you remember that where yep. they were trying to get the universities that lasted what four years, I mean and and you know Liga Liga you know the Femex Food I mean they invested money into, into this. And, you know, they tried to they tried to get, you know, a March, this type of atmosphere, you know, try to, you know, grow the game grassroots. And even then it failed. So, so then so then what you're saying is that you shouldn't invest in something that, you know, it's going to grow, even though you've tried to do it. No, for 20, no, 40 but, years and it's still. So if you're trying it, if you're doing it for 40 years and it's not working, I mean, you know, the saying, you know, if you keep doing it over and over and you keep getting the same result. Is that but insanity? Again, but then again, you're again you're comparing pears to apples. Like this, it has nothing to do with it. And the, and the same, second division, third it, division. It, 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 I play second, third division. And again, I'm sorry. Like it might be anecdotal, but those are the guys who live of it. Like you can read all the articles you want, but you don't. If you don't palpable, like if it's not palpable, it's a story. I can bring a story. It's it's an example, and you can and you can read those. But when you're involving that. When you're involved in that world and you know where the pipe, you know exactly how the pipeline works, and obviously what you said, okay, it's improved. At the end of the day, it's still the investment you still do on these youth players. One player might work out, and that it, it's kind of the same thing that Adidas does with the with the national team. Adidas, when they 
grab the national team, they're like, this team is the only team in the world that we're going to put on our top priority because it's the only team in the world that sells jerseys in two different countries. So what happens is that in the three years that there's no World Cup, sometimes they're in the red numbers, but they don't care because they know if Mexico makes it to the World Cup, I'm making that money back. So here's like here's the same thing. You don't know, and you can't use those examples of, oh, well, but it's not. it wasn't equal for, for, for Ascent. So it's like, no, but these guys never, like, you might have those two, three examples. And, and again, I can guarantee you that in, 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 the, in the Ascenso time, that was like a little bigger that when he was not subsidized, when he was in the Pumas Morelos, when he was in the Cruz Azul Hidalgo, when he was, again, your Alebrijes, when he was your Dorados, those teams, the players Saltillo, live. Your Zacatepec, when it was with, with America and stuff like that. So, I mean. The, the players live. They live. It's yeah, because not it's fancy. because it. it but it's, it's subsidized. But then again, they are able to live. That's all the women are asking. Make it sure that I can stay a soccer player. That's it. So basically the teams, the you know, the men's or the clubs, say, for example, in Mexico, they need to cut out a little bigger pie of their uh, income to give out to the uh, feminine sides. But it's not, not, of their just... in, it's not, it's not of the income because that's the other thing. It's not your income. There's a difference between the cash flow and the income. So they can just grab from their cash flow that they have from the from again from buying this marañao and usually to invest in something else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think you know some improvements can be made. Uh, definitely, I'm seeing your your point on accommodations for flights and things like that. Salary, like you said, equal pay does not equal pay. And I I didn't really you're sort of enlightening me on that. You know, I, I took that sort of literally. I I didn't really think too much about it. Um, I didn't take it literally. I mean, I didn't take it literally, but you know, I was thinking more of the longs, along the lines of base structure and, and, and you know, kind of like similar what MLS has where, you know, you know what the guy, you know, the, the, the novice coming in is going to make and you know that there's going to be a couple. I mean, I, that, that's kind of like what I got, like, you know, but 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 my my contention with this is still that the men don't even get that. They don't have it. You know, I mean, but they live they live of it <laughs> again. Why? Why? But I mean, so I mean, if they're living off, you know, soccer players, and I get that. I know, I know that they make good salaries. You know, not everybody's making Guignac money, and I and I get that. Not everybody was making Cardoso money, and I get that. But but even the guy, you know, even the guys, you know, from you know from Colibris and stuff like that, you know, and the guys from you know Veracruz and stuff like that, you know, granted, I, you know, they're making good money. Maybe they weren't getting paid all on, you know. Uh, on the fifteenth or the thirtieth or whatever, you know, or the or, or the first, but but you know when you're, I, I just think it's it's I think it's just a hard sell to the public, you know it 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 really is because it's something that nobody has ever had, in in, Again, in Mexican football. It's meant it's mental gymnastics. There's the teams, they have cash flow, and the players can lift of it. Again, the examples you're giving me are not players are. Alison Gonzalez is an asset. He's being watched by people overseas. This is not the guy from Colibris that nobody remembers what his name is, and he wore number 43. Wasn't Claudinho, was it? Or Grana, Mario Grana? Exactly. Like, you remember Claudinho? I remember. And, and, and probably Claudinho was taking all the money from everybody else. I, I remember the house he had, though. Jesus. <laughs> and that's, you know? that's what I'm saying. That's the, that's the corners you can cut. You can make... Not those salaries, but when you bring a player from outside, you don't have to make that deal. 
make something you can find with scouting the day the, the way it is right now you can find something better smaller and then you can use that to fund everything else so yeah the problem is now, everything's so short term you know we talk about the short thornails it's all about instant results and i feel like that, that's the problem again, yeah that's all those are problems and and they don't have easy solutions and and again like i'm i'm not a if, if I really had the magic wand and, and I could fix it, trust yeah. me, I would just go kick Mikel Arriola and be like, bro, give me this. No, I, uh, I, I, I can't. Yeah. But, again, uh, I, I, I was cut off, so I didn't know if, uh, if you guys heard this, but uh, you did hear the disclaimer but, uh, that I, you know, a, a business owner, right? Yes. Okay. So you need an exit strategy if you know that it's not going to work. So hypothetically, how much do you give? How how long do you give it? Depends depends on how de- depends on what your cash flow is and, and how you have a you have to have a plan. But if they don't have a plan and they're just taking it by day by day, then how do you do it? But for that, in order to, for us to actually discuss this and make an actual rational decision, you and I will actually have to see at the numbers and their plan. And we'll and, ne- and we'll never see and we'll never see those numbers. I understand. I understand. But then we because we because we've never even seen them for the men, you know. But that's the whole point. We can't come and assure something if we don't know. True, true. But you, but you can deduce something, and, no. and, and it, you, you, you can because if you're because if because if twenty if over two hundred clubs had folded or failed, was it profitable? But that, no. again, that's why that's, that's a very why, that's a, that's that is a hard to know. But the teams that have the team, this is the same team. This is not an independent. We're not talking about the NWSL L, like. Olympic Reign or 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 Real Monarchs. You're talking about America. You're talking mm-hmm. about Chivas. You're talking about Tigres. And the, the amount the amount of money that comes from the companies that are behind Tigres and that uh, they're behind these 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 teams, they're able to make it. So you might reduce. You might say like what I said. You might say, well, listen, Juarez can sustain it. Let's not have Juarez have that, and let's reduce the amount of teams in the league. But the teams that have it and that are able to do it, that they actually have cash flow and they are able to maintain it, should be able to pay them. That's actually another problem that I have, um, an issue that I have. That, um, and this is and this is just a matter of opinion, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point of trying to establish a league off the success or off the history. Of another team, be it male or female, you you understand what I'm saying? I, I get again, you know it's like again. I think I think because of how our society works, it was it was easier to do that because if you went full in and try to do what they did with the leagues that they, they done with basketball or football, then you're doomed. Yeah, I, I I understand that was very common back you know in the days of our grandfathers and great grandfathers where you actually had clubs, you know, Atlético Club Social and stuff like that where. You know, I think Atlas was the last one to do it, you know, where you had, you know, volleyball and, and you know, tennis and this and that and the other, you know. But I, I, I just I, I think and I think Beto touched on this earlier about the NW, you know, uh, what was it? The women's uh, NBA and stuff like that. I, I just think that that in the short term, I understand why people do it, but, you know, why they do it. But I think in the long term, I don't think it's smart to try to build a fan base. off. An existing fan base. I that, don't know, you know that, be, that, that, because that, because, that, because that, for me, that final for, between Tigres and Monterrey with sixty thousand people in the stadium, I think. But, but that, 
Uh, we lost you there, Ron. Kick you, Rusty, again. He- I think I used this. I was going to say something, but you pretty much answered it for me. That was about just having less teams, uh, female teams with, you know, with the clubs that can't afford it. And then you could eventually, once it becomes profitable or it's a better sale, bring in, bring in more clubs that they can, you know, sustain teams. So I, I do, and, and I am, and I don't agree with Ron about, about teams because it becomes, it could become a family thing, you know, like the whole family, a lot of times they're all fans of the same club. So it just, it makes sense to me if, if there's the, the female version. And, and again, if if there was no sustained growth, if you didn't have those 4 million, 33 million people following the league, there's a case for it. But when you see that there's some demand, again, like, it's it, it's hard for me because, again, because, and, and it, it depends on the kind of the business that you have. But, for example, in my case, I work for something that provides a service because at the end of the day, whether I do news or I do the cheapest games in English, I am providing entertainment for you guys. And when we offer that, right, even if it's you guys calling me to do this or the 20, 30 people that watch it for something that is not advertised because we, we don't we haven't been like shutting out to, to the wind. There is some interest. And unless, you know, you plan it for a certain what he said, you have a plan. But that's what I'm saying. If you don't if you're not the owner and you then in this case, it's like you can't bring the league down because you don't know. You don't have the numbers, so you can't say, "Oh, but I know." It's like, no, you don't, <laughs> because soccer and the, whatever whatever businesses with my own don't function the same way. I think I think I'm from my perspective, I'm I'm making a, sort of an educated guess. Is you know, and I, I'm, not, I'm not a business owner, you know, it's, but I I think I have a good understanding around a lot of the stuff. Um, I think that. Uh, there could be investments, like you're saying. You sort of open my eyes a little bit to a lot of this stuff. Um, I, I think you, I agree. Can you hear that, me now? Yeah, Ron I, always I agree that clubs. Ron always coming in to interrupt. I, I agree. <laughs> sorry, I agree. That the clubs, I actually do agree that the women's the women's clubs could you know latch on to the men's team because that's the only way that they're going to make it to survive. But I just, uh, as a business person, I think it's sort of like a risky investment because you have the history of the failures of the women's. Um, leagues in in the U.S., even the WNBA, who's it's been around for a while, and they're just sort of like obscure. But we're also not this, we're not the same society that we were thirty years ago. That's true. Oh, uh, women well, in the workplace don't work the exact same way. In Mexico, we might be, we might think the same way. But the, one of the reasons why the WNBA and things are are seeing a little growth here is because. Things are changing, and you got to change with it. Well, it's not—it's not women in the workplace, though. See, I'm going back to like the like. What do you want to watch? Like, do you want to watch sports at the highest level? And in in that case, it's not but women. Again, in the, like, if it, women in the workplace applies but, to. But, but, no, Beto, but my point is, like, my, my point is, that there's a 15-year-old that wants to be a soccer player, and she sees that girl that is playing for America or that's playing for Chivas. Yeah, might not resonate with you, but it resonates with her. Yeah, that, and, so that, that's good. Like, that's the reason why. Well, hold on, one, one, one point. That's the reason why the U.S. national or the U.S. women's national team is so successful, because of women in the workplace and the history of the U.S. having so much, so much, uh, I guess, feminism and freedoms for for women, and and in other countries, you even mentioned in in Europe where uh, it was against the law. I think you said that's why the women, the U.S. women, dominate, and you know they've won all those World Cup titles. 
Um, but I think as far as viewing, you still want to watch at the highest level. I, I you know, if I was to watch the World Cup uh, final or the U17 World Cup final, which one would I choose? And that's sort of the same thing um, in, in sports. Now, if I, you know, have some interest and, you know, I like the U17s or whatever and, and I want to watch that World Cup, then sure. Or if I want to watch the women's. But, but then again, that's a, that's a personal preference. You, that's, that's where it's like. I know, and I think it's a personal preference among the masses. Everyone wants to watch the greatest play. Like if you're in, okay, basketball is sort of different. But like if you want to watch basketball, what's the main attraction in basketball? Dunking. You know, just seeing the pure physical talent that happens. I mean, and maybe in the WNBA, again, but, you don't see that. But, 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 but you have, but sorry to interrupt, uh, Carlos, but, but Beto, your, 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 I guess your perspective or your view of it is why Mexico doesn't have a functioning second division because, and, and, and this used to, you know, you know, piss me off, but, you know, you know, watching, you know, watching, uh, you know, announcers in Mexico refer to the second division as a Liga de, de, uh, de las desgracias or Liga del Calvario or stuff like that, you know, minima, minimizing uh, the league as, as lesser, you know, as the media, the media, you know, they don't have to be cheerleaders, but they can promote the game, um, you know, and it serves their interest as well. You're going to start promoting no, MLS? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not a cheerleader, you know, but, you know, uh, the U.S. has done, you know, they they've been able to 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 market, you know, amateur amateur competition like you know like you know March Madness and and the football in the bowls, you know, games and and little leagues and stuff like that. Mexico hasn't really been able to do that, and why? Because a lot of it, you know, stems from your you know your mentality. And I'm not saying that it's you know that it's that it's you know bad and evil and stuff like that, but you know you, you can enjoy something. Knowing that it's not the best, but it can bring other entertainment value. That's why we and watch Mexican League. <laughs> what's yeah, that? Exactly. That's it, why we watch it, it is, and and I understand why people like. And that same argument can also, you know, can be applied to Liga Femenil and stuff like that. Now, granted, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but not every league is. But you know, you know, part of you know that's why I've always said, and and I've always been, I, I I've come to terms, I've come to terms that Liga. Liga Mexican soccer should just adopt the American model, forget promotion relegation because we're never going to have a good one, and just start building up franchises and 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 stuff. You know, like kind of like what the NFL does, where you know once a city is is ready to 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 have a uh, have a uh, you know a first or a team, go for it. You know, because there's a lot of you know you know you know an owner an investor. They're gonna want their, you know, they they're gonna want some assurances, kind of like you know, like the you know the league, the NFL owners and and MLB owners and stuff like that. They're gonna want assurances from the city that they're in. There's no assurances for 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 a second division, you know, investor or second division, you know, owner. You know, with you know promotion and relegation, just imagine, look at all the you know look at all the you know the the clubs and the owners and the presidents that you know from one day to another, boom, guess what? There's no promotion. There's no relegation. You know. That's that's exactly why they did it. I mean, they're they're they are trying to to tackle that model, and also is because it's hard in in terms of of richness. Mexico, even though it's a rich country, it's not. There's not a lot of investors it, here no. in the U.S. The NWSL, the WNBA, have been able to do that because there's a lot of smaller investors that can turn into big owners um, of a team, yeah, yeah. and they and, and they partner together. We don't have that. 
And and it's something that you know, and, and some you know the guys will attest to this. It's something that I've been against for thirty years, but now I'm starting to kind of like maybe turn the page, and maybe the way to go is to, it, you know, one of the things that that I do not like, or what has happened to Europe, is how you you've gone foreign investors, and, and mm-hmm. in a way, kind of it's kind of killed the identity of of, of the clubs. But, you know, I said, well, if it's happening everywhere, might as well adapt, you know, and if it means getting, you know, new, like, you know, imagine, you know, a Cruz Azul being owned by by Quickery, you know, or, or you know, bringing new, bringing new owners or something like that, you know, from 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 abroad, because at the rate we're going 70 years, you know, we we can't, you know, we can't we can't get a fully autonomous first division and a fully autonomous second division. Maybe we're going about it the wrong way. Maybe we need to, maybe, like I said, maybe we do need to adopt the NFL, you know, model, the NBA model of franchises and, and, and attract investors and, and assure, you know, you know, and give them some assurances of, of their returns. At least, that, at least that you come, you come out even because that's what happens with the big clubs in Europe. What I was saying is like a lot of them lose money. Uh, but it's disposable income that these mega rich people have. So it's kind of a, it's kind of like PSG Manchester City. It's a toy. It's a toy that I'm like making awesome. That's a pretty good toy. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, an expensive that's, hobby. That's a good. This is a good. This is a good discussion. I think it sort of also relates, and you know, we talked about this a long time ago before, um, which I sort of see it similar to being. Uh, in comparison to like the English language coverage of Liga MX and Mexican soccer, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing to do. It's, it's cool to see, but the landscape of, you know, Mexican Americans as they grow and, you know, forget Spanish or don't even learn Spanish. Um, at the same time, they don't, they don't watch soccer. They leave soccer to their parents. They watch NBA, they watch other stuff. And so Mexican league coverage and, you know, that's, that's a quick perspective on that, but, that's a whole another topic we don't have to get into today. <laughs> no, and and, and, I get, and and yes, that's that's part of it. That's but that's part of being assimilated, right? Because the the reason why you do it is because you feel American, um, or just so what's you, around you. I mean, not necessarily feel American, but it's just what's what's around you. It's what everyone is doing now. The day saying, the people who hold on to it is because of nostalgia, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. it's like it's it's the, it's what what sticks you to your roots. Now that the teams now and and uh, now that teams exist in in play, the MLS has now more teams, right? Because before it was very specific cities. Now Austin has its own team. So if you grow up watching Austin, then you you might be an Austin fan, and you don't you don't assimilate with with Mexican soccer. All those things are true. All, all those things are, are are things that eventually are moving moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say, like my final thought on this would be, uh, you mentioned about the lawyers. Um, yeah, that's sort of that's sort of messed up. Um, I th- I see not equal, but sort of um, you know not real good as well. The way uh, Rapino sort of stuck it to the men with her with her four titles statement. But that's why she does it. And again, I, yeah. I one thing that I've noticed, and obviously this comes from a male voice, is that and and that's that's some that's a tactic that you notice when somebody has an, an educated opinion or they're just repeating what they hear and they will tell you what the lawyer tell you. If you poke around enough, somebody will come out with that. Yeah. 
if you start poking around enough, at some point he's gonna blow up and tell you that, or offend, or or, or offend you, and that's when you know it's like, so really, is he not something like that? No, no, no. I'm I'm obviously saying purely on a no, you're not. There, that's still there, and if we don't acknowledge it and we don't try to fight against it, and specifically us, as like what you what this whole conversation is like, specifically us as men, we're the problem. It's not Megan Rapino saying stick it to the men. The problem is that we've, we've made that. That statement comes because we're the ones who did it. If we don't take an acknowledgement that those things exist and start calling them out, when you hear your friend say something about a girl, when he refers to her in a derogatory way, we're perpetuating that. And we're the responsible ones. Because you're not going to say that in front of her because you don't have the guts to do it. A lot of people don't. But when you're on your WhatsApp groups, on your Discord groups, you're going to say it. And if you don't call out your friends and you start getting rid of that, then that's when you're going to start seeing that heal. Otherwise, it becomes a me against them because she gets those things all the time, all day. Yeah, and it's, day. it's letting your feelings get into it, really. Like when you let your feelings get into it, you want to stick it to somebody and you don't think with logic. Because uh, And hopefully you don't get this impression and maybe the people who listen, I know some other people probably you know don't agree or, or will get the wrong impression. Any, everything that I'm, that I'm saying and I come from is with zero intention of being sexist or misogynistic or anything like that. I am just looking at the stats and the facts of, you know, a business and how you would run a business to be successful. But then again, um, I think that I think the one thing that you did right is that instead of instead of going at me, and 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 you ask the question, you're like, I want to hear what you have to say. That's what they don't do. Because uh, at the end of the day, you don't have to agree with me, but now you now you know something that you didn't know. But now you know it because you wanted to hear it. The first the first part was hearing it. If you were not willing to hear, then you're doing the wrong thing. Your first, your attempt of like I want to hear what you have to say is exactly where we're supposed to be going. Yeah, we need to have these discussions, and we need to start bringing a little bit more awareness. And I mean, you've you've definitely uh, I learned a lot tonight, Carlos. Thank you for. For joining us, we're we're at the hour mark. I'm not sure how you feel about the. Well, wait, my final take. And yes. Then, and then uh, back to you, uh, Eustis and and Ron Chan. I, I I was just saying uh, the comment Eustis said about how, you know, it would resonate to the 15 year old watching a Chivas America femenil, and and I think that ultimately for for the female sport to be more successful. That's the group that needs to embrace it. Because I do see a lot of like trying to win over the men. But I think that to me, it's like, but I think that to me, it's like wasting your time trying to expect, you know, to get fans. It's almost like trying to win over fans from other sports. Uh, so I think you go, you go with those, with, with those younger people that are going to grow up watching that. And that's, they're, they're more likely to watch that league. I grew up watching Mexican League, and I'll watch Mexican League over even Champions League because that's that's what I like. That's what I grew up. Uh, you know, I'll still watch some of those games, but, it, you know, Liga MX is still going to get me more excited. And that comes from, you know, growing up with that. So I feel it's the same, you know, when if with a lot of the youth, it's the same, you know, when if with a lot of the youth, uh, if they grow up watching the Liga Femenil and that's the group that embraces it. I think that will be enough uh, to make it successful. And there'll be and there'll be enough people who cross over. I mean, I I I 
I love yes. women's. I just I just love soccer, which is one of the things that what you were saying, like you like to watch things at, at, at its highest form, which is fine. That's that's your take. That's what you like. That's great. I love the sport. I could watch an eight year old play soccer and it makes me happy. Again, that's how I see it. And I know there's a lot of people who are like me. That's why we work in these things. That's why we work in soccer. That's why there's coaches. That's why we watch a lot of soccer and a lot of us do that crossover. But The way I think about it, it's that I don't know how old are you, like how old are you guys, but when you grow older and then I think about it, I'm like, at some point, I could, I, I'm gonna be a dad, and I don't want my daughter to have to live with those things. I want my daughter to be able to say, hey, listen, I want to be a soccer player, and me be like, I'm gonna support you. And if I don't make that planet for her, then I'm failing as a parent. Yeah, I'm 45. I have four daughters. I, I agree with that. Um... I, you don't want him. You don't want him to be soccer players. But, but I'm also I'm also uh, I'm also practical though. I'm also practical. I, I don't set barriers. I expect them not. I expect them to knock down barriers. But I'm also practical. Like I, I think I, I think there was a uh, a, a Liga MX feminine soccer player who who quit. I think because uh, it just wasn't enough money and didn't want to spend time away from her husband or partner. Or something like that, mm -hmm. um, and you know that's just a, that's just a situation. It's like if you're going to, you know, you're getting a degree in something that's not going to make a lot of money, and you want to have a family, and you want to have all these things. Well, you either got to pick a different degree or pick a different career because that's not going to work out. You have to be practical in types of things if you if you want certain things. Like if now, so if you're single though, and you you know you're free to do whatever you want, then yeah, go for it. Um, well, I pick the career that technically a lot of people don't make it. But here I am. So yeah. again, to me, that's where you. It would be more. It would be easier for me to study something else. I mean, again, you see, I, I have a pretty cool grasp of economics. I might be making a little more money doing that. But that's not what it's, I like. It's funner. Yeah, it's funner. You know, if you want to do something that makes you happy, then you do it. You don't. You don't pick the. Like, if you pick a job that's paying you a hundred thousand dollars and you're happy, and you pass up a job that pays three hundred thousand dollars, that's you know, it's boring and stuff. Then go for it. Go for the hundred thousand dollar job. Totally makes sense. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for uh, all your stuff. I'll pass it to you, Jaime. You wanna? Um, well, yeah. Obviously, I still still burning topics um, that I wanted to discuss. Uh, I'm not sure if, if Carlos has time, um, but we do we do appreciate you joining us and and really just teaching us about all this side of the business I was not familiar with. Um, yeah, that's great stuff. We had some. Interesting results in terms of uh, Mexico Prolimpico. Uh, they were able to successfully qualify to Japón, Tokyo, uh, by beating Honduras 2-1 in the Prolimpico. And on the other side was the United States, uh, who actually lost. And uh, we'll actually be playing Honduras in the final. There was also a friendly from uh, the senior side, lost to Wales 1-0. A very frustrating match, fellas. I don't know if you guys were able to catch that. Um, but what are you guys' thoughts on the on the Wales friendly? Hey, Jaime? Yes. Uh, well, I'll get to Wales in a sec, but uh, regarding the Preolimpico, um, I'm, I'm surprised that the U.S. has not taken the, the, uh, the Olympic a lot more serious because if you guys... 
you guys should remember this. You know, at least Mexican fans should remember this. But, you know, part of the reason Mexico started to take their youth a little serious was when Mexico failed to qualify for the 17, the 20, and the Olympics back in the early 2000s. And that was a gut punch. And then to top it off, losing to the U.S. in the, in the World Cup, all within like, you know, two, you know, a year, two years of each other. That, and, and, you know, the, the silver lining, the silver lining to that, to that down, you know, to, to that part of the expression shit show. Rock bottom. Was that, was that, yeah, part of part, the silver lining to that was Mexico, the, most of the team started to really set forth and, and put in. The, the 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 youth teams because prior to that some of the team not all of them some of the teams did not have them did not have really canteras so to say you know you know just you know not all of the first division teams had them and because of that because of those failures you know when they started to actually put a little bit more money and a little bit more time they started to see the results right away with with the uh you know the the the, the under 17 world cup you know uh, titles you know and, a, and I, and I'm just surprised that the U.S. is still is still. I mean, that's three three uh, you know Olympics. That's unacceptable. This is, the reason, this is the reason, though, man. When Mexico fail, when this is the reason, though, when Mexico fails to make the Olympics or a World Cup or whatever, when they fail, it's like nearly a whole country who's hitting rock bottom. When the U.S. Oh. fails to make the World Cup, I said nearly. There's a lot of a lot of Mexican pride in in, in the national team, the soccer team. When the U.S. fails, there's like, two two or, there's like two or three. There's like two or three people that hit rock bottom. No one cares, man. I thought you were going to say that the televisoras lose money. But 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 <laughs> the US, they, they should care because you know. If the dream team fails to win the the in the Olympics, then people will blow up or something, man. That's like that's like, and you watch the like when Hugo Sanchez failed. Who are they playing, man? How many shots on goals did they have? How many crossbars? You mean in Carson, the, the hey. Olympic qualifiers in Carson? Hey, Cheekies, yeah. which country uh, paid the most money for World Cup rights? The U.S. What you're gonna say, the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, because uh, be- the Spanish, the the Spanish, uh, oh, the Spanish the U.S. Language. Spanish, the U.S. Spanish, Spanish uh, it's got two two pretty huge markets, and God you know. Yeah, you know, language. Yep. you know, so so you know, I'm just surprised because because you know the Tel- Telemundo and those guys, they want Mexico, you know, they want Mexico and they want U.S. in those in those tournaments because it's more money for these guys. Well, you know? <laughs> wait, I mean, Mexico, yes, for sure. At least when you're broadcasting in Spanish, um, the last the last World Cup, we didn't have the U.S. Um, it yeah, seem like, we didn't. It, didn't, it didn't seem like it hurt the ratings too much. For, well, I mean, not yeah. the, the not the Spanish one, but the U, but the U.S. Oh, I mean, the, the 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 English, of course. I, so I, think, I mean, and if you really think about it, I don't know if you remember the the campaign. All of a sudden, shifted all towards Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that truly became el equipo de todos. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I just I just think because I remember, you know, when when Mexico failed in those three tournaments. You know the seventeen, the twenty, and failed to qualify. I mean, heads rolled in Mexico in the, in, in Femex food. It's I like mean, when 
it's like when you say like do you have high expectations for america and if and if things don't go if america doesn't make to the league or if america doesn't get to the final then you know things are you know they have expectations but oh i won't say chivas but let's say like another team you know it's okay if they don't make it to the league it's you know it's expected not with like america Pum- like pumas oh man <laughs> you're, at least you're not saying Pumas is the dollar general of Liga MX. That's, oh, that's what uh, they said. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I grew up a Pumas fan, so I could never. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so Carlos, you're a Pumas fan? Um, again, it's 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 really pretentious. <laughs> I always say it, but at at this point, I don't have a team mm. because. Oh, okay. I I obviously you're, during my childhood years and in my uh early teens i was a pumas fan but then i played for cruz azul and i mean to oh. me there was there was some pride in, in having to play for a third division and going international tournaments and wearing and wearing the shirt so you start liking the team like there was no reason for me not to like the place that was turning me into a soccer player um then obviously now i call chivas and most of my family is from guadalajara and i have some friends in america and my dad worked in televisa for many years so and you start meeting people, you start meeting people within the industry. Like I have a good relationship with a lot of people in Pachuca. Nacho Ambriz was my coach for a couple of months. Chucho Ramirez coached me also. Like <laughs> it's hard for you not to root for them, wherever they are. Too mm. bad that uh, Juan isn't here. He's a, a profe. He, uh, he's, a, he's a youth coach in California, but he has, you know, he sent a couple of players. Some of his players have been scouted by, what was it? Pachuca? Yes. Guys. Yeah. yeah some of yeah. his players, he's, so pretty that's pretty cool. How long how long were you in the Cruz Azul organization? Uh I was two years in the development stages when you're a kid on the school in La Escuelita. Um, okay, okay. Then there was like the Pumita uh, school, right? Yeah. Like so, but the okay. But the Cruz Azul version of it. Um I was yeah. two years there, then I was one year in El Sele- in La Selección in El Selectivo. And yeah. then I, I played two years third division. But mind you, I was playing third division when I was fourteen years old. <laughs> Right, right, right. Uh, then my dad decided that there was too many politics, and he took me out because <laughs> he was mm-hmm. back then where there was no way for you to become a soccer player when you came from the under divisions. Um, and I left. Uh, then I went to play with Sage. Um, so I was in Sage's academy for a couple of months. Then Chucho Ramirez took me to practice with the U15 national team. I was two month, two or three months with the national team. And went back to playing in school with El Tec de Monterrey. And then they took me to play in that third division where uh, Nacho Ambriz was the coach. Impresionante. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then I moved to the U.S. <laughs> and I played high school. That was it. Oh, you played high school in the U.S.? Well, yeah, I, I, I came to the U.S. I played high school. Um I was, because I was learning English in Mexico, I was a year older than most people. So by my senior year, when is when you have your big showcases to make it to college, because um, I only I was only in high school for junior and senior year. Uh, so the first year was kind of like adapting to Miami, which is where we moved. Um, and then the second year was like, well, now, you know, I'm putting in everything into being in college. And then because I was born in 86 and everybody was 87, I was not, a, I was not available for any showcases. So I had to convince the college coaches to come watch me in the high school, and it was really tough. Mm. Um, I ended up getting a full-ride scholarship for grades, so I didn't have to play soccer, and I became a soccer coach in my high school, and I ended up coaching soccer in high school for 12 years. Oh, cool. Were you, were you dominating pretty much in high school as a player? 
no well my my school was very good um oh, really? we, okay. we had we had seven state championships um so in in general my school was pretty good but <laughs> i i happened to land in between generations like there was one generation that was very good that was leaving so my senior year i was in a gap <laughs> and that sucked <laughs> yeah I and, then because, the, yeah. and then the fre- then the freshman that came in i coached them and we won states <laughs> oh, oh nice cool. Miami then, eh? Yeah, I grew up in I grew up in northern Florida. Uh, well, I, I call it southern Alabama. Yeah. So it's very so it's all football. Soccer is like really not even cared about. And uh, we had like a German exchange student and a Spanish exchange student, and they were like head and shoulders better than <laughs> any one of us. So it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I I was just very tactically sound. I'm not fantastic technically, um, but again playing at that level and all of a sudden like stop playing it <laughs> you get to high school and it's like why are you stepping there come back <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why they recruited me as a coach it was like you have coach material <laughs> cool yeah what's interesting um kind of bringing it back is you know the the americans are kind of no it's fine no i i appreciate <laughs> the banter i i feel like you know they they the excuses are there oh we took our d team or you know beast or whatever these aren't the best under 23 players that we took to this you know tournament it's not a big deal to miss out on another olympic um but it just it just feels like wow you know another another failure for for the united states and um i just can't wait for i don't think think they see it as not a big deal i think they see it as a really big deal especially when they're gonna host the world cup and a lot of times that's where you want to showcase a lot of your talent or take a lot of your talent, you know, through an Olympics, you know, it's like part of their process. and it's like you take a group and then you have them play in the Olympics. And then, and then a lot of times, a lot, a lot of those players would, would end up being, you know, a, a part of the first, uh, of the senior team. Yeah, but, I, I yeah. sorry. I'm, Go ahead. I want to I want to give you my take on that, and I actually need to leave because I yeah. need to get ready for my newscast. Um, I th- I think the what happened with 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 the Olympics. I think it's a it shows you one where the MLS is, and second where the grassroots soccer of the US is. And 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 I say that because one technically with the amount of money and resources the u.s has even an mls team should be better than the central american teams especially at that level and especially when these players are some of them were not constant starters but a lot of them were starters on mls teams so that's your first division so you as a, as a league that shows where your level is and and that's the first thing that is unacceptable and the second is that a lot of people were using the excuses like, oh, but our U23 level was a, our U23 team is the one playing uh, in in what in Northern Ireland, and I'm like, no, that's your senior team. They happen to be 20 or 21 because you roll into these like awesome space of players that are, happen to be that age, but that's not your U23 team. That's your senior team. So that shows you that there's a big gap between the two, and that means that you're not doing things steadily, growing as a league and, and as a federation. And I think. And and I mean, you you coach you also co- you coach here in California, and you see that ML- I think the MLS next making it basically a professional path is going to solve some of those things if they handle it correctly, um, because the pay the pay to play was just making these things. There's these gaps, and the one and and just lately because there's these three huge agencies in Europe that were bought by American companies, and now they've been able to export players. 
and that's helping out a little bit. But on the local level, it's just, you know, leaving you with a gap. Mm. Right. So it's been a pleasure. Um, thank, thank you guys for, thank you guys for, for reaching out. Thank you guys for, for listening. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I think it's very enriching for, for everybody. And, Car- uh, um, and, before you go, and, Carlos, where can everybody stalk you for our listeners? They uh, can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, on TikTok, uh, Carlos Justis. That's Y U S T I S TV. I am that guy with the TikTok of the Rosa Mexicano. I'm yes. the guy who did that. <laughs> that video did really yeah. well, didn't it? it? It blew up all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I, it, 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 was, it was insane. Uh, funny enough, I started my career technically doing that. Uh, some people were like, hey, isn't this the guy that do the Lunes de Logos? Which ages ago on Facebook, I would do these stories about the shields of Mexico, the crest, oh, okay. how it came to be. You can still find them, still there. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of going back to those roots, and, and it worked really well. And, and I was really, really surprised. So, yeah, that's where. That's where everybody can find me. Awesome, man. Good stuff, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you for hopping on, Carlos. (laughs) Absolutely. Take care, guys. It's uh, Carlos Justis. Uh, It's funny because that TikTok video he did about the Rosa, uh, you know, the controversial jersey for the national team, how it's pink. Uh, There's somebody in the comments like, hey, like, uh, why is it pink? And then I actually used his video to respond. And then that video got like, I think like 200 likes man i was like damn this this video was informative it blew up out of nowhere yes yeah, it's, it's good to have informative tiktoks instead of cringe tiktoks oh yes so it was, it's refreshing <laughs> yeah yeah um as far as the whales match very frustrating and you know some of the issues that you mexico just have never ever been able to address or fix is teams that play defensively in bunker you know they get an uh, an, an unfortunate goal uh, that they concede. It could have been offsides, whatever. But that happened very early in the match. And then from that point on, uh, Wales just parked the bus, played very, very defensively, very aggressively with the press. And, uh, you know, Tata Martino had no answer, no response to that. He also made some questionable calls uh, as far as the subs and as far as taking players, you know. He took four goalkeepers and uh, he took... Technically, he took uh, Henry Martin and Alan Pulido, but they were injured, so they weren't uh, available. So they had to use Chucky Lozano as a false uh, striker, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised to see defensive teams do well. That's something I don't know, because Mexico's had plenty of coaches. I don't know that any coach has been able to or will be able to solve that. It's got to be up to the players. And, uh, yeah, people should know. It wasn't a bunker, though. It wasn't? Yeah. They didn't park the, they, they didn't park the bus. They were pressing. So, I mean, it was a, it was a hybrid of, 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 of basically, you know, keeping comp- being compact and pressing, you know, in, in, in intervals, which can have the, the effect of, 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 of bunkering. I think I made this, you know, comment. Private, I think the the La Puentista in me, you know, would I think you know, you're not gonna tiki taka your your way out of that every. Yeah. When I say the La Puentista in me, is that you know one of the things that I always admired, you know, La Puente coach. You know, people would always say that he was ultra defensive. He was just a you know, he 
his philosophy was being balanced. Uh, Ron, you cut off there. Yeah, I understand his point. Um, it's right, uh, back on. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry about that, guys. Yeah, there you are. Technical, technical difficulty today. Anyhow, so you know, one of the things that Lapunta would to do with those type of teams when they would, you know, quote unquote, park the bus was give them the ball, let them come out out of their shell. I, I don't know. I just think that Mexico was not disciplined enough and not patient. Enough yeah. To 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 basically break down Welsh defense. I think they got flustered. I mean, it's uh, it's good. It's you know, I hope they can learn from it. But you know, I just think that you know, passing you know back and taking it from wing from one wing to the other wing, you know, that's not always gonna that's that's not gonna do it. I agree. For a second, I had to check my prescription and make sure I wasn't watching a Chivas match because it just felt like another Chivas <laughs> match. Because it's exactly the kind of uh, football that they've been playing lately is just chasing their own tail, trying to figure out how to break the bunker, break you know, break defensive teams, and they just had no answer. And I think uh, when we were talking about this on the on the Cantina um, uh, Twitter, and uh, you know, Juan said that well, we just don't have you know those kind of players that can dribble past three, four, five you know defenders and open up space. You know, we don't have. Uh, I mean, Pizarro hasn't, unfortunately, um, he's just not in form. He's, he should not be anywhere near the national team at this point. Same with, uh, you know, Pulido and Jonathan Dos Santos. I mean, why is Tata calling up players from the MLS that have been inactive for almost six months now? It's just unacceptable, I think. I guess more so to see them during camp, you know, to see. I guess that's where... It's not just it's not just the match, but also like the coach is only gonna get so much time with the national team, so they'll work with uh, with a group of players, and then he spends more time with them, you know, in training camp than at the actual match, which is just with you know ninety minutes, and and less than that for many other players. I guess when he's seeing if, you know, what's work, who's understanding, I guess, his his tactical, you know, uh, ideas. And I think that's that's during the camp, the inter squadras and whatnot. Yeah, and I think we just really missed a striker uh, in that match. And I'll be honest, man, the, the landscape doesn't look very promising. I'm not sure what the time frame will be if, if we'll get Raul in time for the Gold Cup. So you know, we're going to have to start looking at alternate choices. Macias will probably not be available because he'll probably be going to Tokyo for the Olympics, which leaves us with uh, Henry Martin, Alan Pulido, and I don't know, Angel Sepulveda. I don't know who's left in Mexico as a striker. He, it's time. He might have to take it back when he said... Uh... <laughs> A Normeño. You might have yeah. to say, uh, you, you might be one dimensional, but it's all we have. You, you are one dimensional. <laughs> he's going to have to beg. He's going to have to say sorry to Carlos Vela and beg he him. Is. Or something. No, I he is. No, he's going the Vela route. 
He ruined he ruined that though. He came out on the press conference and pretty much said yeah. uh, burn that one down. Yeah, Carlos Vela has showed interest. He's uh, about going to the Olympics and helping make go out. However, Tata Martino said absolutely not. You got to go all in. You can't just pick and choose, you know, who you want to play with or whatever. So I, I really yeah, think... Yeah, which I agree. I, I agree with that, uh, mm. Jaime. I, I agree with, with Tata's take. Do you, though? I mean, they are two I, separate I, things, though. Yeah. I, I feel I feel disrespectful for, for the rest of the people that are fighting for a place with the Selección and sort of you have this privilege of but like... But that's the whole point. <laughs> he's not going to be taking up a space. He's going to be playing for the Olympic team. He's he's not he's not taking up somebody's potential spot on the national team that's going to be playing in Copa Oro this summer. He wants to go yeah, and, and, and I uh, know, but as the coach, he's probably questioning his commitment. If it's like I'll play this or I'll play that, yeah, you know. And and dude's Argentine man. They're 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 at another it. level of passion, dude. And it's like you gotta not just sweat the jersey, but bleed it, man. And if you're you're over there, like. I'll let you know when I'm ready. <laughs> that to them is like, it's unacceptable, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's diva. Like those guys, those guys will go with a broken leg if they get called up, just because they they all want to wear the jersey. And I, I like that that mentality. And it sucks not to count on him, uh, just because he's very talented. But but do you want to do you want to do you want to want to do you want to win a gold uh uh gold medal or do you want to be right that's that's my question is i want to win a gold medal medal at all costs and if that requires us letting bella have his way so be it you know i'd rather him but, be but there Nick than a gold medal and they won it without him yeah and but he was, he was playing he was in arsenal at the time uh, but you know i i want the mentality to be that uh, so i would prioritize that to have that type of mentality of of having that passion for the for the national team because the... here's the reality. We're probably going to take, like, Chicharito. And come on, man. <laughs> it's just that, a wasted a space. Because we've seen it in the past where it's like... They took Oribe the twice. Sponsors, the sponsors will push for certain players. Because, you know, they need to sell product and you're the face. Uh, you know, they might have been marketing you. And they already have all these ads with, you know... Uh, or even holding a Fanta or whatever. And it's like the Olympics and you're not going to leave him out. We already spent all this money. The, the commercial's there, man. We need this dude. We, we need this dude. Uh, so that's that's the business aspect of it. So that that's why it happens sometimes. But I, I do feel to an extent with the Selección where there's this like kind of party mentality and we talked about it the last pod how a bunch of these dudes got partying with hookers what was it like at a Copa America and um and so that's that's been a thing that not just at, at pretty much at any level of tournament they're like partying some way or another and I know I've heard it like well these other teams do it too yeah but those teams are successful you could say they earned that right this this team hasn't been successful, at least not at the elite level, to be, you know, you haven't earned that yet. Uh, so I, I do I do think that mentality needs to change if they want to do quinto partido and beyond. 
you need that that mentality of being more. You need the the uh, all in dedication. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, man, that 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 is part of that passion, you know. And it's it, and I think what's lacking is lack of competition within the selection, because in a four year cycle, you'll see up to eighty players getting called, and uh, but even even though they get called, it's it's the same group that that will at least be around and, and very few are going to be there to knock, to knock them out or to challenge them for that position. That's uh, actually a, a really good point you bring up is at this point, uh, the players that we're calling up to the selection and, you know, to defend our colors, they're, they're on, uh, they, they, it's just the name. It's just the brand name, but they're, they they do not deserve to be called up, man. There's better players in form in Liga MX playing right now. And it's just a shame that we you know. I mean, we had some really poor performances by you know, Ache Ache, Salcedo, Bizarro. Like some of these players, man, they're. I don't know why we call them up, um, but they're they're not deserving right now. But the problem is, there's no competition, you know, especially in the striker position. And that's why I'm saying, hey, you know what, Funes Mori, you're Mexican in my in my book. Let's we need you, bro. Go in there, and and that should be. Uh, light a fire under all these actual like Mexican born strikers and like, all right, we're going to call up a Natalisa. All right. I'm, I'm going to go in there and try and score, you know, 10 goals tomorrow. He says, you got to light a fire under someone's ass, but if there's no competition, then, you know, they're just going to keep playing mediocre football. What's going on? I hear something. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Beto's watching uh, some two the highlights. No, what were you saying? No, I'm just saying that there's right now all the players that are being called out. They're very comfortable because they're resting on their laurels, but they're not actually in form, and we don't have enough competition. We don't have enough uh, depth. Oh, yeah. And put it in Cheeky's words: We have a bunch of Toyotas. <laughs> yeah, if you, you have, a, if you have enough, you should have said bochos. I was gonna say, I was gonna say tsuru, but no. If you get, if you have enough t- Toyotas, though, <laughs> maybe one, maybe one tries to become a Lexus or something. But they're just cruising as Toyotas. Uh, I have a question for you guys. So tomorrow is the Olympic. Uh, qualifier final Honduras versus Mexico uh, you know they're both in they're both going to Tokyo but uh, the expectation is that Mexico wins this tournament right yes especially being host yeah expectation they need to win they should win um, well I mean I mean should you know there's no guarantees and in Honduras, and I think this is a mistake we make as fans. We always, we always uh, menospreciar. I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the, the word in English. Uh, but, but we'll see the regional rivals, and, and we always like look down on them. And a lot of times, some of these teams will end up with really talented players. Uh, and we, we saw it with Costa Rica. You know, they had that that good goal. I mean, World Cup run. And so, yeah, Honduras has been a while since they've had, but in the past, 
they've had some really strong teams. Uh, and so we could be seeing that, you know, we could be seeing that they have a good generation and 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 not it shouldn't be seen as a fracaso of the team because it's a one game, you know. That's the other thing. You lose one match and and everything is seen as a failure with with the media, you know. Oh yeah. Fracaso tote and all this and it sends it sends the teams into a panic. Uh, losing the final when you're already qualified, I don't see it as a fracaso compared to like the U.S. missing out on three straight Olympics. That, that's the fracaso right there. Um, that you got bested on the one game. It's hard to tell because it's one game. You know, if, if it was like NBA, where it was best out of six, then yeah. you would get a better idea. But when if it's just one match, uh, two bad calls, the ball bounces wrong a few times, and that could be game. Uh, so, so that's my take on that. I can sort of agree, but I have no problem calling it a, a failure. <laughs> the, the, the players, the players should mentally know that yes, it's a failure, but don't get all depressed about it. Just continue on and improve. It's it's like like going back to the Toyota. We got too many Toyotas just cruising. You know, they're not feeling the competition. They're not feeling the pressure of improving because you know they're making big bucks in Liga MX and they're guaranteed starting positions on national team and all this stuff. So they have no fear of riding the pine or not being called up. Um, when you have no fear or no repercussions of losing or no criticism, then you're just like, okay, we just lost. Okay, no problem. Let's continue on. Um, you need you need to have difficulty. You need to have repercussions for not doing what you're supposed to so that you won't let it happen again and you can get better. Yeah, I say like the press doesn't exaggerate and stuff, but yeah, the press is another issue. The expectations, yeah, the expectations tomorrow is that Mexico wins. Um, It's just a nice little cherry on top of a very good performance in this Olympic qualifiers. Very optimistic about their chances of even winning a gold medal. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I mean, this is this is a very talented team. Be very curious to see who uh, Jimmy Lozano calls up um, the three overage players. Uh, I would, I would like to see a goalie. I would like to see a center back uh, and a striker just to help out there. Um, the senior side is also playing tomorrow. I actually didn't know that they're playing against Costa Rica in Austria. And that's actually at 1 PM uh, Pacific time. So, I'm not too much excited about that one as I am for the uh, the Olympic one, uh, especially after that loss against Wales. But we we usually do pretty decent against Costa Rica. Uh, I'll be curious to see what that lineup looks like tomorrow. I recall World Cup qualifier against Costa Rica in uh, in Costa Rica, where the very coach of this team, Jimmy Lozano, hit a free kick to win the game. I think it was 2-1. And that was a tough World Costa Rica. qualifier, you said? Yeah, that was a, that was a tough that Costa Rica under, team. Under uh, Bora Milutinovic? No, I don't think so. I think it was La Volpe. ¿Qué es La Volpe? Didn't he still get cut out? Didn't he still get not make it to the World Cup? Jimmy didn't make the World Cup roster. Yeah. Yeah, he won that match, but then they still left him out. They did. <laughs> he Actually, was, yeah, he was 
He was doing good. Ron would know, but he censored himself. <laughs> yeah, so we have those two matches tomorrow, and then Liga Mekis will be what, back in what action. Did ask, what? Sorry, uh, what did you ask, uh, Juan? To Jimmy Lozano, he Chiquis was saying the World Cup qualifying match against Costa Rica, oh, and uh, Lozano a, he, wins he, it. He, with, yeah, he scored a hell of a free kick. Was that with La Volpe or or? Uh, no, that was La Volpe. Which it was, was La Volpe. I thought, that, I, I thought La, yeah, I thought La Volpe was going to take him to the uh, to the World Cup. And he left. He yeah, he left him out. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my surprising. Yeah, it was. He had been playing good. <laughs> it just, it, he must have I known something. That, you know, I thought that Osorno and Jimmy Lozano were like shoe-ins, but then, you know, especially after the 2003 uh, World uh, Gold Cup, you know. But no, Osorno was more worried about playing music than playing football. <laughs> but good for him, you know. I found a really, really bad uh, quality video of that goal on YouTube. And, oh, boy, I don't know which pixels the ball, but... Uh, it's a very very nice goal. Reminds me of when Ramon Roma, uh, Ramon Morales scored against Argentina in the Copa America. That top top right corner, just beautiful. He also scored a really nice goal against uh, Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Uh, Morales, free kick. I think yeah, so. At the Copa America. Was it Copa? Was it Copa? Copa I think it was Copa, Copa America. America. In 2004, 2004 Copa America. That's when Brazil beat us. What was it like four nothing? Uh, four like, one or like, something, five the, one. The, yeah, yeah. At the, at the move, at the. Uh, but that was. At the, go ahead. That was one of the last times, if if not what? the only time that we beat Argentina in that <laughs> in that tournament. That was that was at the Venezuela World uh, Copa Peru. America. No, and then was in the Venezuela where oh, they changed was, the rules. Oh, four was Peru. They made Mexico play play uh, Brazil, even though they. They weren't supposed to. Uh, uh, was what in two thousand seven? No, the the one I was talking about where Rabon scored that goal against Argentina that was Peru two thousand four. Yeah, and then that's when we uh, we lost to Brazil in the, I think it was the semis, mm. quarterfinals. This one was yeah. in the second round. I remember the Venezuela one. You, you guys don't remember that. They board changed the rule. They had some weird rule about what? Because I think Mexico was in the group with Venezuela, but and I think I, I think Mexico won the group, and then uh, they still had them face Brazil. Huh. I'll have to. I'll have to was it oh seven? Man, my mind is. <laughs> I think it was Venezuela. Yeah, it's in 07. Yeah, Uh, you're right. Venezuela, Peru, Uruguay, Bolivia, Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Ecuador. God, man. Uh, Mexico still made it. What am I thinking of then? We beat Mexico. uh, Sorry, we beat um, Brazil 2-0. Then we we beat Ecuador. Then we tied Chile. And then in the the semis, we lost to Argentina 3-0. Oh wait, Mexico wasn't even in in what am I thinking of then? Man, <laughs> I'm losing it. Ron Your mind's playing tricks you? on you, bro. I, I remember a Copa America where where uh, they made 
they made uh, Mexico face Brazil, but I think they weren't supposed to. Oh. Uh, yeah. I gotta ask Google, man. And I and I well, I'm glad I checked because I was thinking it was. Wait. Uh, while you think of that. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was thinking it's gonna be three in the morning. I wanna be still like just, uh just very quickly before we wrap up, just wanna uh go over the fixtures this weekend. Uh Liga Mekis is back in action with Puebla Mazatlan on Friday, six thirty PM and then Juarez versus Cruz Azul, Atlas Tijuana, America versus Necaxa, uh which I actually have some news about Necaxa, um uh, Monterrey, Atlético San Luis, Pumas, Pachuca Chivas will play against Santos, Querétaro Tigres, and León Toluca. I, I forgot if we had talked about this, but there was a rumor about Red Bull um, potentially buying Necaxa. Didn't it get like discredited by Necaxa? Like they made a, they did a tweet saying there's, but but again, a lot of times they denied it. Yeah. They'll say that. A lot of times they'll say that, you know, just because they don't want complications with the with the dealings or whatever. Um, I don't know, like where this rumor came from, or I don't know, but Red Bull does have teams in Brazil, New York. I think they have a team in uh, like Australia or something. They have teams everywhere, and I had tweeted a, a while ago, like, "Oh man, this would be the perfect opportunity." For Toros Nessa to return under the Red Bull name, you know, it, it would have just been perfect. Uh, but instead, it's it's Necaxa, and I guess uh, um, from the F one, uh, Red Bull signed Mexican pilot Sergio Checo Perez. So they do have a Mexican uh, that they are sponsoring. Uh, but as far as the Necaxa possible merger or acquisition it's it's been denied so we'll see it would be cool though don't you guys think seeing some foreign investment no yeah we were wrong with talking about that how it's eventually the league is gonna need it uh just because the lack of investor investors um and and we kind of you know seen it a little bit with san luis but i don't know like doesn't seem like Atletico is all in. Uh, I, I think a, a company like Red Bull would be able to just pour more money into that. Personally, I'd like to see Nexa just, you know, rebrand itself. It's like the, the logo of Don Ramon. <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel bad for Nick Axe, and they've you know that that's just another case of a club that has basically never really been able to establish their. It's sad because they're, I mean, they're historical. Yeah, it seems like Nicaxa. You know, they had a, a rich history at one point. I know that in the '90s they were a really big club. You know, they had a lot of big names there that that came and went. They were. They were, but they were subsidized by, uh, or they were, you know, uh, by Televisa. Oh. See, a lot of people think, a, a lot of people think that, you know, Necaxa had lost in base one when Televisa took over, and that's really not the case. Necaxa basically lost 
their fan base when they decided they didn't want to be join the, uh, the 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 league when it first started back in '43. So for like eight years, Necaxa did not exist. So basically, all of Necaxa's fan base, they you know they they started supporting other teams in Mexico City and stuff like that. Oh wow! When they when yeah, and they actually came back and Spaniard you know, Spanish you know, base team Urias and España when they decided to leave. Españita. Yeah, so that, you know, <laughs> little by little, I mean, they they tried to rebrand and stuff like that. I mean, in the seventies, they were uh, what was it, Atlético Español? They actually finaled this mistake. Uh, yeah, they did. And then just, just drifting away and stuff like that, and eventually Televisa was able to get them and. But you know, the ladies said, you know, they put a lot of money to them. I mean, they, they, like you said, man, they were stacked in the. I was in Naga, Evil. They had Aspe. They had, Luis Hernandez, Cuauhtemo. Yeah, yeah, they had, they had a, uh, you know. Adolfo stacked. Rios. Yep. Uh, they beat Chivas in the '98 final. I'll never forget that. <laughs> but uh. You know, one thing I, I have learned, um, so we, we were talking about punishment, about, you know, being the, the worst team in the league with Atlas. Atlas, the, they have the worst coefficient. They they will not be able to participate in Liguilla. Uh, so they're going to have to give up their spot to somebody in the 13th position. But it, it looks like the the worst, the three worst teams in the league will be uh, fined uh, 70 million pesos. That money will be uh sent to the Liga de Expansión uh, to help sustain and, and build that league. So uh, it looks like they're they're taking serious steps of trying to have a sustainable second division and maybe eventually open up the, the pro regulation back again. But as of right now, they're kind of just trying to get the foundation together. Um, but Tapatio is doing really well in the second division. So I wonder if that money would go into Chivas then if Tapatio wins the championship. Nothing's going to change, Jaime. No? No. No, there's whole... You have you have to remember that, you know, when 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 Liga MX started to do that coefficient, if you think about it, the, the time frame was three years. You know, three... I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, three years. Six... six um, Four seasons, right? Six, uh, no, uh, six seasons. Oh. So, I mean, technically, that gives. I mean, people said, oh, it was done because they were trying to copy, copy Argentina and they wanted to help the big teams. No, it actually helps the smaller teams and the mid table teams because, in theory, you're able to have a bad season, you know, or a bad, you know, and still able to recover. And like I've, like I, I, I maintain, I don't think that pro promotion and relegation is ever going to work in Mexico unless you start getting more investors. Hmm. Oh, I found it! I found it, Ron. I don't know if you remember, <laughs> two thousand four Copa America. Yeah. So, Mex won the group. They were in a group with Argentina and Uruguay, and Ecuador, which at the time was pretty good. It's a bit of like the group of death. 
and they won the group. And uh, so back then you had third place teams that would also qualify. So Uruguay and Costa Rica were the third place teams. And I think Mexico had to go up against Costa Rica, but they end up going against Brazil, which was the second place, a second place team, but under the 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 Copa the their tiebreakers for third place, it's gold score. So they had you know, no no one remembers this. <laughs> Hello? Oh, sorry there. What happened? <laughs> you get lost you guys. Whatever, yeah, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just the the one the thing I remember it, most about, about uh, the, <laughs> the thing I remember most about that uh, that Copa America was uh, La Volpe basically uh, quitting, saying that you know he quit the the team like at, at the uh, was it at the airport, and then when he gets back to Mexico, they said, "Hey, you quit?" No, I didn't. And then he's like, "They they they, they there's footage of him saying it, you know?" Oh wow. Yeah, and, yeah, but yeah, and, and it's it's crazy because uh, he, you know, makes makes one a group with Argentina and Uruguay. Uruguay ends up in third place. Argentina's runner up, and then Brazil made the final. But I, but I'm pretty sure that that Conmebol screwed them over when they did the draw, and I think they had to face Costa Rica, and then they. I forgot what they said, and they ended mm. up uh, playing Brazil, which was like, man, you you win the group of death, and then they throw you that beast, you know. <laughs> it's like there's no yeah, winning, man. I they will. I felt cheated, man. I felt cheated there. They will always find a way to give us a disadvantage. I don't know if it's because they're just threatened by the the possibility of a, of a guest, you know, winning your tournament. But I mean, I, I think about the Colombia final. In 2001, man, like, that was the closest, uh, I think, also the first year, right? We were invited to the Copa America. We went to the final. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, we almost did it, yeah. man. Because look, looking at comparison with Paraguay, they both made seven points. They both had a plus two goal differential. But goal scores, which was one of the tiebreakers, how many goals did you score overall? They scored four compared to five of Mex. So that should have placed Mexico as the higher seed. And then they would have gotten one of the weak teams, one of the weak third place teams. But then they did. It's like, here you go, you can Brazil. Uh, which, yeah, that sucked. Uh, one last question before we wrap tonight's fantastic episode. What do you think is the highest achievement that Mexico has has done? Is it the gold uh, medal or is it the Copa Confederaciones Cup? I would say Confederaciones, but starting the way. It's probably now the gold medal just because FIFA canceled the Confederations. Uh, So that sucks. It's like they took away that one big (laughs) trophy that they had. But that was a big, you know, that trophy. It was it was getting big. I don't know why they decided to do away with. I mean, I know they say to make the clubs a World Cup, but it felt like a good tournament. I liked it. It, it was almost like a World Cup preview, um, and yeah. I, and it had grown since it was Copa del Rey Fat, and it it just it became this 
you know, the champions of every, of every region, you know, the UEFA, the, I mean, Europe and South America, and it was all the, all the champion teams. So that was, that's a good cup to have. What about you guys? What do you guys think? I agree, Confederations. Uh, still Confederations, even though it's gone away or whatever. The matchups and everything were, uh, like Hoa said, sort of like the preview before the World Cup against the European teams and all that. And then the Olympics is sort of like a... No, and, and it was it was like the World Cup the previous World Cup winner, the winner yeah. of Copa America, the winner of the Euro Cup, and the winner of the African. So you had like all these all the winners teams that were just yeah, and it, that just it made it saucy, you know, extra extra chili yeah, right there. Ron, what do you think? Ron, Ron, is, Ron. Ron's on mute. Ron, Ron. <laughs> No, I think, uh, yeah, I think the Olympics. Because you had a Brazil that, that, you had a Brazil that's been, that was just dying to get, that was the last trophy that they needed. You know? You know, they've, they've won just about every other tournament that, you know, that in soccer has. Yeah. And that, and, and they were, I mean, they were gunning for, for they, you know, for a while, for a while that, that, that Olympic medal. It was nice that but, denied them. But but Ron, that was still it's still like a youth tournament, so it takes some of it away, you know. Didn't they win the yeah. Rio one though? The what? The one yeah, in Rio? Well, that's that's when they finally yeah. won it. Oh. Yeah, that's when they finally won it. But 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 you know, winning in London, you know, in at Wembley. Yeah, know, that was home huge. Of, home of football. Yeah, mm. historic. It is, but but I mean, look, like, we, when we look at the list of winners of confederaciones, and so you have Brazil with four, damn, four confederations, France with two, Argentina one, Mexico one, Germany one, and then Denmark in '95. First one, yeah. and so yeah, when well, the first second. one when it became when it became uh, confederations because they had been. Something else. I don't know if it was still Copa del Rey fought. And the thing about Denmark is they were invited. because I mean, <laughs> Saudi Arabia dropped off and then they yeah. some some team dropped off and they like they came in last minute. But still, man, that's an elite list. Uh, an elite list to be a part of. And I mean, you know, just to be Max name is etched in that cup, man, that's it's pretty nice. I will say, you know, we hosted that year, so it was, you know, we had a good, we had our fans on our on our back, and uh, yeah, but- Mexico always does well when they host something. You know, look at the World Cups; the farthest we've ever gone, we're both in our in our backyard. Yeah, but we can take credit because we, you know, a lot of countries have. That's how they have won uh, so, tournaments so as that, hosts. So you think? The uh, the Carlsberg Cup wasn't the most important achievement. The what? The Carls, sorry, the Carlsberg Cup. What's that? You guys, don't even remember. This was back back in like '99. 
they won they they played a game uh, they played a a tournament over there in Hong Kong. Oh, Mexico. I do it, remember it. the games. When the games like at four in the morning or something. Yeah, dude, it was. <laughs> it was like they played in Hong Kong, and I what was it Abundi scored. I, I want to say Rafa Marquez scored. <laughs> Wasn't it bad? Like ooh. 1999 <laughs> Lunar Year Cup, uh, also known as the Carlsberg Cup. It. Yeah, that's held right. in that's, Hong that's Kong. What I remember. I remember the. I mean, that's how I remember the Carlsberg because of that. I guess for the Asians. That's good advertising, man. You you remember Asia, the beer. <laughs> It was. Uh, it sounds fancy too. Egypt, Bulgaria, Hong Kong, Mexico, and then Mexico beat Egypt. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I I think that the um, you know, when we won the gold gold medal, uh, I didn't really think much of it. You know, it never really sunk in how big of a deal it was. Like oh I, yeah, it, it's because like when I think about the Olympics, I don't really think about soccer. Yeah, it's it's always been one of those things. Like oh okay, you know. Well, and I think I don't blame you. I, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, I I don't blame you. I don't blame you for that. I, I think what made it special is the stuff that Ron named that it was at Wembley, and that it was against Brazil and a Brazil that was taking it very serious. They had Neymar. They, that was that was the one trophy missing from their cabinet, you know, and so that that's what made it. But we've seen other winners in the past of the Olympics where it was sort of like, um, you know, it hasn't always been all the top teams, and so you kind of knew a lot of the. A lot, for a while, it wasn't taken as serious. Uh, they had Marcelo. They had. Oscar, Neymar, Hulk, Danilo, Alexandro, Pato. I mean, they had a they had a stacked team, man. Um, and we had you know Oribe Peralta. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just crazy. Um, now they, you know now that I look at that accomplishment, I will say it's. It, I like the Confederations Cup. I think it's more prestigious than the Olympics, but uh, I understand that. You know, moving forward, that that trophy will be looked at as like wow, like the epitome of, of Mexican soccer. I do hope that we can eventually get back into Copa America and, and win one, just to stick it to the Comebol. Um, and of course, the the dream of like winning World Cup. I've, I'm not delusional, man. That's that's a very tough tournament to win. But if we had any chance of winning it, it would be in 2026 in our backyard. Because even if Mexico. Um, I know the final won't be in Mexico, it'll be in the United States. It'll still be like home, you know, because USA is like another home. Yeah, every every game is gonna be a home game. It's not like they're gonna put put us in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Even I think even there. Even there. <laughs> even yeah, even there, man. Um, Mike has some really hardcore fans that travel everywhere. I don't know, man. Canada doesn't let people with DUIs in, so uh, I feel like that's like... (laughs) Go games tomorrow, and we will catch you on the next one.